You know what happens when you have the intention of recording a podcast episode on Friday, and then you have to take a little Zoom call in the middle of recording it, which really throws you off your mojo. And then when you're done, you go and record this cold open here. It means you're just sick of the whole process. You're like, it's three o'clock on a Friday and I'm ready to go home. I'm already home, but you know, go home figuratively and, you know, get, get away from the computer. So, uh, point being, I have nothing, uh, insightful to say to you. So instead, let's hit it. And now, coming at you from the Five Star Physique Studio in Knoxville, Tennessee, this is The Drop Set, with your host, Darren Starr. Oh man, okay. Here we go. Let's uh, let's try this thing and see what happens here. Um, a lot of my clients this week have been uh, have been privy to uh, some next level cussing and cursing coming from me this week. So, and I was just sabotaged by the cause for that again. Um, I have a keyboard and mouse here, and this keyboard is uh, what well, it is. Perix brand. That's P E R I X X. Is that a brand anybody's ever heard of? Yeah, me neither. So don't buy this keyboard. I actually went and reviewed this keyboard on Amazon this week just because I was so freaking pissed off at how bad it is. Um, and there were enough good reviews. I'm like, no, we need something to balance us out. It, it, it's loud. Like the plastic on it just squeaks and creaks constantly. The layout is so stupid. Like I've been using this thing for months and a lot of my clients have heard me like, you know, as I'm recording their check-ins, they're like, eh, I can't spell this. I can't type it right. I'll get used to this keyboard eventually. I'm not. It's going in the trash as soon as my new one shows up, which should be today. God willing, I need it. And this mouse, oh my God, this mouse. So this is a Logitech mouse. It's been fine for years. It is clearly dying. It is on its last legs. It needs to be taken out and shot. So the issue that I have with it is I click on something and maybe it clicks, maybe it doesn't. Maybe it double clicks. So as I'm trying to click and drag on things, I'm dragging things into emails, attachments all day long. It's what I do. It will decide it's going to open it up or it's going to drop it somewhere else. And I've got to go and find it. Or I'm sorting folders around and so a folder gets dropped inside some other folder. I'm like, God damn it. Uh, And so for the topic of this podcast, um, Grace, you know, former possibly still reigning drop set MVP grace. Um, she emailed me with some good ideas here and I saved those into a text file, or at least I thought I did. I opened up that text file blank because you know, this keyboard and it's copy paste. The other thing about this keyboard that's terrible is that sometimes it just decides to stop working randomly and it only does it for like three or four seconds, but you miss some vital keystrokes. You go back and you're like, Oh, okay. It looks like I'm an idiot typing this email. looks like I don't understand language at all and how it works because it just left two words out randomly as I was typing stuff. So it didn't get the copy or the paste or something, and so I saved this text document um, with Grace's ideas, um, and it was just blank. So I had to go and fish that out of the email trash here and uh, copy it again. So I've got it. We're good to go. But, man, this keyboard and mouse situation, let me tell you, holy crap, I'm over it. I'm over it. It's Friday, y'all. Does it feel like Friday? It does not to me because normally I'm not doing a podcast on a Friday, but you know, uh, it was vacation last week. I'm trying to kind of get back to it here. So here we are with episode 241. 242 is going to be recorded uh, this coming Monday. I have an interview scheduled with IFBB Pro 
and Olympia-level figure competitor, Autumn Cleveland. She'll be on here. She is specializing in posing work. She has a posing course um, that she uh, has available online for, um, I think right now it's for bikini, figure, and wellness. So different courses for all three of those depending on your category of choice. And she does individual posing work. She does workshops as well. So we'll have here, here, she'll be here on Monday and we'll talk about that. When that episode will actually get aired is another question because it's a video interview. There's editing to be done with that stuff. So it's a little bit more involved. That one will be on YouTube. I did have somebody on the YouTube channel say, hey, you're missing some podcast episodes here. And the uh, thing about that is I will only put the video interviews up there going forward. And I might not even like might not even label it as a podcast episode when I put it to YouTube. It is, of course, but um, it just makes people think that they're missing stuff, which they are, um, but it makes it look like I'm forgetting to post stuff, which I'm not. It's just there's no, I don't think, much point in me, as we've tried to do before, um, post a video podcast when it's really just me talking into a mic. When it's with somebody to interview, it's a different thing, I think. So anyway, that's what we got. Um, I am officially, what, I'm on day five of prep right now. So far, so good. I also have not changed any macros. <laughs> I have not made any changes. My current macros are, hold on, let me uh, let me pull up yonder my fitness pal and uh, see what my macros, I don't even know what they are. Here's the thing, and I go into this a lot with clients, is like, stop tracking your food every day. Like, if you're on a macro-based plan and you're tracking your food every day, what the fuck are you doing? Like, good God, make your life easier. Just create a meal plan and follow it and stop tracking foods. Like I have this conversation at least twice a day, every day, no exceptions. Like the people who like, they, they wake up and maybe they have a tentative plan or not, but they're like, okay, I just ate meal one. Let me log it. Oh my God. Put a bullet in my brain right now. No, I, the last thing in the world I want to do is log every meal after I eat it. Holy crap. You get so sick of doing this. No wonder people get sick of bodybuilding after a while. It's when it becomes so high maintenance that it just becomes self-defeating. I have a meal plan here. It's all written out for me. So I, I actually logged this on Monday. I have not opened this app since then because I know what the plan is and I'm just following it. I'm not re-logging it every day. If I need to change something, I'm going to go and click the little pencil icon up at the top. I'm going to say select all, hit the three dots, copy to date, today, boom. Now it's all that stuff from Monday is copied to today. And if I need to change meal four, I go in and delete stuff, add new stuff, whatever. Anyway, that's the way to do it. You got to make this stuff as easy as possible, people. Like less decision fatigue, less busy work, less dumb crap. Just follow a meal plan. Yeah, it's flexible dieting. I know. Make it less flexible. I mean, good God, it's it's the path forward. This is the way. You know, this is it. Current macros are two eighty five, five forty, one hundred. Eh. I mean, 286, 542, 100. You know, I, I'm I'm the coach now. I'm my own coach. So macros or whatever I say they are, which is a dangerous proposition. So, you know, how do I feel about that? I don't feel great about that. Um, I don't like coaching myself. I feel like I'm a high-maintenance client. I don't like that. Um, it's not what I need is another high-maintenance client, <laughs> especially one that talks back to me. Um, so anyway, that's that's the macro. So I didn't change anything. What I did is just say, okay, I'm going to actually hit those macros reliably going forward. I'm going to hit an extra five minutes of cardio in the morning on my bike. I'm actually going to pedal like I mean it instead of what I've been doing, which is to say I sit on my bike and sometimes I pedal it. Sometimes I pedal it backwards, but I sit there and really I treat it more of like, hey, let me um, spend 10 minutes on this bike, kind of letting my knees maybe warm up a little bit. 
and then I get off it. So now I'm on there for 15 minutes and I'm actually pedaling. Um, I'm hitting my walks more reliably, just focusing on steps. You know, this is, um, realistically, this is three weeks before prep was supposed to start. So I'm just getting a head start on it. I don't know what the actual goal is going to be just yet. I'm still a little uncertain on that. But my goal here was like, okay, hit the numbers precisely. And when you hit those macros precisely, what does your weight do? You know, your, your intake le- or your expenditure level is pretty consistent throughout the week. What does your weight do? No carb cycling, none of that. Basically, like, are you at maintenance? Well, I think more or less. So... You know, my weight last Sunday was 245.6. So you get an idea of where it is. Now, rather than turning that into a number soup and reading every number going forward, I'm just going to spit out the change here. The following day, it was up 0.6, then down 0.4, up 0.2, up 1, down 0.4. It's pretty much maintaining here. So, um, and that was with a really, really low step count on... It was yesterday. I wasn't feeling so hot yesterday, so I took a chill day. It was a planned rest day. Oh, I need to go in. So one thing that I put on my little tracking document here is I have my lift for the day. Today was arms, but then the, the column next to that is for me to give it a quality score on a scale of 1 to 10. Like, how good was that workout? Today was a 9.5. My most recent struggle was chest, which was... Wednesday. That was an eight. It was okay. I'm struggling with activation on chest these days for some reason. Like I can do fine. It's not just super dialed in and it's not a focus thing. It's not like I'm distracted, which is often the case. This is like a mechanical issue. Something isn't clicking. So I need to play around with my movement selection here a little bit. Um, I'm also just kind of winging it on my workouts, which is not the right idea. But what I want to do is figure out which exercises I'm really kind of locked in and in the groove with, which gym I have to go to to hit those movements, and then um, get that written down and hopefully next week start the actual plan that's actually been written down and resume logging everything. So this week I've just been flying by the seat of my pants, not logging stuff, but just getting a feel for like right now with my body, what works, what feels like it's most effective. So getting a good answer or a good start to an answer on that. So as my growth season has wrapped up, and I switch into prep mode. Um, Grace wants to hear all about growth season. Growth season? Some people would consider it a growth season as well. Yes, um, it can be if it, if it gets away from you a little bit. Growth season is what I'm talking about. Now, let me just cut straight to the tra- chase here and say, like, I don't give a crap what you call it. Off season, growth season, improvement season, whatever fancy bullshit you want to call it, we know what it is, right? So it's the idea where you're doing less cardio, you're eating more, and this is your opportunity to focus on muscle growth. So whatever you want to call it, I don't care. That's what it is. Um, So she had a few specific questions here, and I feel like um, without really running off of any kind of a script or rehearsing this or anything, um, I feel like we can just talk about these, and it's probably going to be a good episode's worth of material. So um, the first question she has is, what are expectations of a growing season in terms of performance, and how is that different than being in a cut? Well, in a cut, what you want to do is try and maintain performance as best you can, Understand that, understanding that it's probably going to drop off a little bit at some point. Like, you know, your, your focus is elsewhere. Like you are having to reduce intake. You are at a deficit. You are going to be doing a little bit more cardio, which even if you plan it really well is going to generate more fatigue. 
So your performance is going to take a little bit of a hit. You don't want it to be a monumental hit, though. Like, it should have a steady decline, and if it doesn't, then you need to modulate some things a little bit and keep your performance high, which means, like, everything needs to feel effective. Like, you need to feel like you're still getting good workouts. Absolutely. Even if the raw numbers are a little bit lower, you should still feel like, man, okay, I got a good pump. It lasted for 30 seconds once I was done with my workout, but, you know, I got it. It was there. Cool. Awesome. Um, during grow, a growth season, uh, a little bit different, like performance is everything. If you're not, if your performance isn't improving, you probably aren't growing. So, and if it's not, what that means is typically you need more of a stimulus. So you need to train harder, which typically means more food. In some cases, it can mean an escalation in PEDs as well, if that applies to you. Um, so those are the things to consider, but typically food. And I think a lot of people, um, who are, using PEDs will always try to go to that first. Like, let's just bump that up. Like, no, quality first, focus on the quality of your movements and think about more food. Absolutely. Cause that is going to be, do more to drive performance than anything else. Um, and it's not going to, you know, send your health markers into, uh, into a spiral or anything like that. So, expectations though that's a tricky thing like you can't quantify it um somebody in a check-in a while back said i'm trying to increase everything by five pounds every week I'm like that, that no that, that's a, a kind of a hard and fast blanket rule that's just oversimplifying things too much because if you have let's say you're doing a face down incline bench y raise and you start and that's 15 pounds okay how are you going to increase from 15 to 20 the next week right like that's not a movement where you've got a lot of strength 15 might be your max you might be stuck there right and just hang out there do, getting good reps and good sets in at that weight similarly if you're doing a leg press and you're at 360 pounds why would you only go up by five like you can probably make a bigger increase than that so it has to be an appropriate scale to the number that you're working with but yeah progressive overload on lifts is the expectation but along with that um, your form has to remain consistent we talk about that a lot so I'm gonna put a lot of these concepts together here so that we can kind of think about stuff all at once so you have to define what good execution is what proper form is for every exercise so if you have you know 40 exercises in your weekly training split that's 40 decisions that have to be made on what the appropriate um, form is for that because you know there you know there's my definition of good form and somebody else's different definition of good form might still be appropriate but it might be a little bit different from mine mine is geared more towards how can we execute this with really really good mechanics while maximizing tension in the muscle and minimizing impact on joints and soft tissue. So like, I don't want people lifting with explosiveness. I don't want partial range of motion um, or anything like that. So good, clean form, steady tempos. Like you're not speeding up your reps as the set goes on. Um, you're not letting your, your form start to slide too much as the set goes on. This is a lot of what I do when I'm doing video evaluation as well Is just say, you know, like that got a little too sloppy or, you know, that, you know, rep 10 looked exactly like rep one, probably not challenging enough if you can make all the reps look exactly the same. So the first thing is standardize your form, know what the expectation is for every exercise. And then within that framework, then yeah, progressive overload. So you might say like, okay, I can leg press 800 pounds, but the reps are kind of ugly. If I buy, if I dial that back to 550, I can get really good depth, really good control. I'm not utilizing stretch reflex. Cool. Well, guess what? 800 pounds, who gives a shit? That's a different exercise. 550 is where you're at. That's the number. That's what you progress from. You forget that you ever did 800 because that's not the exercise you're performing right now. So then you focus on slow and steady increases there. 
Now, what about the flip side of the equation? If you're doing an exercise that uh, is just, you know, a much lower absolute value in terms of weight, um, like a face down incline bench Y raise or, you know, like a cable lateral raise or something like that can be really hard to see progressive overload on that. So it can also just be effective to just do an exercise and continue performing it really well and try to eke out an extra rep or two here and there. So if the initial rep targets 10, cool, can't go up and wait. If I go up and wait the next step, I get three reps not really close enough to 10 for that to count. You know, that's not the space that we want to be in. And if you're only getting three, they probably aren't three very pretty reps. So keep it to the same weight, aim for 11 reps or, and this is where it gets a little harder to to quantify. And so therefore I don't usually have people do this. You can do 10 reps a little slower. That's still more work over the, over a greater amount of time. You're doing more work. So that would also work, but also it's like, okay, I'm going to take an extra half a second on every rep. I mean, you know, there gets to be a point where it's like, you can't really measure that and hold yourself accountable to that. It doesn't translate well into a logbook. So I think focusing on just reps and weight are the two variables that are the easiest ones to quantify. So um, if you can't scale up in weight, scale up in reps as best you can. And I think you'll find if you do it over time and you're having a really effective off season, it's not going to happen overnight, but over the course of six to eight to 10 weeks, um, you'll probably find that, hey, now I can go up in weight. I couldn't before, but I was stuck, and now my performance has increased enough to where I can. Um, so those are the kind of breakthroughs you want to look for as well. So the expectations in terms of performance for a growing season is that your performance grows, because if your performance grows, then your physique does as well. We just have to define what that growth looks like. So it's progressive overload and um, – uh, the, the ways to track that, my big beliefs are, you know, weight and reps, but with that standardized form and don't let it slip. Um, that's the mistake that I've always fallen into. Um, this last year, I've been much better about holding myself honest to it. I'm like, nope, nope. If I, if I can't, you know, the form stays true. And while if I could cheat and get the ninth and 10th rep, if I can't cheat, I'm stuck at eight. Okay, guess what? I got eight reps. Those other two don't count. Now I might try and partial rep them out just for a little bit more tension, um, but I'm not going to. Uh, I'm not going to count those as good reps in the logbook. So it's still just eight reps. Even if I got two half reps after that, we're going to call it eight. So, um, so and being able to track that is the other thing. So, you know, from set to set, you want to focus on progressive overload as well. So if I have four sets of an exercise, I'm logging four numbers in my logbook. They might not all be different numbers, but I'm going to log all of those so I can see what my weight on set one, two, three, and four were, and then I can compare set one, two, three, and four next week versus those. How you format your logbook is really key on this as well. So I always format mine so that I can get eight weeks worth of data on the same page for one particular session. So I open the book. It's shoulder day. There's exercise one. It says I'm doing three sets of 10. Cool. I can get eight weeks worth of data under that before I write in exercise two. So um, that way I don't have to be, I'm not flipping back and forth through my logbook through multiple pages trying to find crap. So um, so that's that. Um, what needs to be prioritized in a growing season? Um, this is, uh, again, from Grace. So, uh, so, I mean, first of all, hard work is the most important thing. If you're not working hard, you're absolutely wasting your time in a growth phase. Like, this is the time for the hardest work because, as we all know, building muscle is hard. Your body would rather not change. You can drop fat. That takes some work. That takes some consistency. But your body is more willing to let go of body fat than it is to build muscle. So that takes a lot of work. you got to have all your ducks in a row on everything. Um, and you've got to work brutally hard. Again, this doesn't mean 
grunting, throwing weights around, bad form in the gym. This is exactly what we talked about in the last section as far as expectations. Standardize your form, progressive overload with weights and reps. So um, if you don't, if you aren't doing really hard sets, you're wasting your time. Um, like there, there is no. There's nothing to be gained from a growth phase if you don't know how to train intensely. And to be clear, once you do, you always want to then be learning how to train more intensely than that. It's a never-ending scale that you'll never reach the end of. So, you hear that? Is that registering? Well, let me throw the headphones on, see if that's getting picked up. Oh, that's getting picked up, yeah. Maybe that's my keyboard and mouse showing up. It was bark at the delivery people. So anyway, it's not too bad. I feel like I can talk over that as long as I can concentrate. Um, so um, what? They're so rude. They just have no consideration for what I'm trying to do down here at all. My goodness, you guys. Ladies and gentlemen, these are the uh, official mascots of the drop set. Taz and Derby upstairs being jackasses. Um, okay, so what, what Grace asked was what needs to be prioritized in a growing season, and then parenthetically she said rest, intensity, etc. Well, I would say, um, first of all, if you're not training hard, there's no value to be gained from it at all. If you're training really hard and other stuff kind of sucks a little bit, you can still get some value from it. So if you're training really hard, your diet's a mess, you're not recovering very well, you can still get some benefit out of it, it's just not much as you could otherwise. So that training intensity is really the most important thing. Without that, there's zero value to be gained from a growth phase. Absolutely none. Um, so what I would say, uh, rest and recovery are super important. So um, I think most people, the, the prevailing um, wisdom here in the general community, and this is just because of the nature of the culture of bodybuilding, is that more is more. And that's just fucking dumb. It's not. More is usually less. There gets to be a point where you know, the more you do, the worse you perform. And as we've established, the highest level of performance is the main thing that we want to focus on. So you know, in order to perform at your absolute best, you need to recover. And the funny thing is the people who will argue with that are the people who never give themselves enough time to recover. So they have no idea. They're like, oh, I take a day off every couple of weeks. Okay, great. How do you perform? Great. How do you know? What happens if you take a week off? How do you how do you feel when you come back? Oh, I, I feel like I lost strength. I'm out of my groove. I'm like, that's your head getting in the way. Like, no, you're physically going to be better off. Unless your week out of the gym was spent being sick, in which case, yeah, you are going to come back weaker. Otherwise, you're just fresh. That's it. You always perform better when you're fresh. Your muscular system always responds better when it's fresh and more recovered. That being said, we need to keep the consistency of things high enough and the frequency of training and the overall weekly volume load such that we're providing enough stimulus for things to recover. So if more rest and recovery is better, well, great, I'm just going to train two days a week. You can't hit things with enough volume. You can't hit everything with enough volume training two days a week, even if it's a really well-designed split in order to get that done. So four days would be the minimum. Five is probably optimal for most people. Depends on specifics, depends on age, etc. So um, for me, I will typically do either five or six. I tend to follow three on one off, which means some days, I'll, some weeks I'll train six days, some weeks I'll train five days alternating. So um, intensity is important. You know, keeping your diet in check. Um, here, here's the thing. So the off season, and I've made this analogy before, the off season is all about, you know, spending money on your credit card. Eventually, you max out that credit card and you got to pay it off. In, in terms of the off season, the credit card is your overall level of comfort in your own skin. 
And eventually, like, you know, every time you you go off plan, you have an extra cheat meal, you take a week long vacation where you're not worrying about stuff like you can do all that, put it on a credit card. And eventually, you know, you're going to wake up one day and you're going to be like, holy shit, I feel disgusting. Nothing fits anymore. Fuck me. I've got to do a mini cut. Yeah. Okay. Pay off your credit card. Now, this is time spent interrupting a growth phase that needs to be longer than you think it does. So, um, it's not the end of the world. It is inefficient. It's uh, it's a misuse of time. But sometimes, you know, I, I made this comment to a client checking in today. Um, sometimes it's okay. Like at the holidays, you know, there's a lot of family around. You can be off a little bit as long as you're okay with the knowledge that you're putting a higher balance on that credit card. And it has to be paid off at some point. We talked about this a few episodes back, optimal versus practical. Practical. Optimal is to be on plan 100% every day. You will get the most out of your off-season and your growth phase if you do that. Practical might be a different story. Um, I don't expect everybody to be 100% um, on plan every day in their off-season. Now, I can say for several months, I did that, and holy shit, it was productive. Um, but did I strike the right balance? Eh, probably not. Was my wife getting a little annoyed with me? Yeah, probably that's usually the case though. <laughs> it just didn't help there. So, um, you got to strike that balance a little bit. Some people that, you know, they've got the, either they're, they're, they live by themselves, they're single, or they have just a super, super supportive and understanding spouse who is like a very hard thing to find in terms of somebody who's understanding and supportive of all facets of bodybuilding, um, unless they're a competitor themselves. Um, and they, they can, like, they can work it so that they're 100% every day. Their spouse is okay with them bringing Tupperware to family functions, et cetera. It's like, whatever, like, I'm not going to do that. Like I'll, I'll be a hundred percent for a bit, but if something comes up, like the other thing is during that stretch when I was a hundred percent every day, I didn't have anything going on. You know, this was after we, um, Oh, when did that start? This was after like, um, there's a, a spot in the summer where there's a lot of birthdays and anniversaries. It was after all that. And then it's like, okay, cool. I'm, I'm fine. You know, I just wrapped up a cut. I'm like, I can, you know, I don't feel the need to binge eat a lot of stuff. I feel like my level of food focus is pretty low. So I can do this. I can handle, I can be hundred percent every day. And I think for about three and a half months I was, I didn't do a cheat meal. I didn't do anything like that. Nothing off plan. Just absolutely crushed it. Felt great. Super productive. Um, but, uh, do I want to do that year round? No. But it is, it is, it does go to show like if you can do that, it is definitely more productive to do that. That is optimal for sure. You've got to find the right balance between that and practicality. So prioritization here would be keep your diet in a, in a good balance between those two things, um, practical and optimal. Another thing that should be prioritized in a growing season is stuff that you can't get away with during prep. Um, so this would be things like, you know, more travel, you know, a little bit of life balance here and there, which I think is a good thing. Um, you know, uh, people who like to partake in the occasional drink, now is the time to do it. Um, you know, you're not going to be going and tasting a beer flight when you're in prep. Um, you're not going to be going to wine country in prep. Um, just no, no. And by prep, I mean a cut like any kind of, I don't care what you're doing. If you want to be effective in that cut and make the most out of the effort and the time that you put into it, alcohol free, hundred percent. Um, so now is the time for that. So what do you prioritize in a growing season? Drinking. Yeah, not really, but it is, it is a time to get away with that. So I would prioritize balance to some extent as well. Understanding that the more of that balance you indulge in, the more balance you're putting on your credit card as well. So, um, yeah. Um, 
next question that Grace had, what are some common challenges I've seen clients experience over the years? So that was the big one is just being completely unable to strike that balance. It's like somebody has been cutting for a long time. Okay. It's off season. It's growth. Calories go up and they're like, fuck yeah. All right. And they just eat everything and they're just out of control. And any opportunity to go off plan is an opportunity that they just put in a bear hug and they, they, it turns messy real quick. I've seen guys gain 20 pounds over the course of five days. And that's 20 pounds where it's like only like eight of those come off. <laughs> like it's not all fluid. A lot of it is, but certainly not all of it. Like it can get really ugly. Um, the other thing is just uh, a lack of urgency. Um, uh, this is a big challenge that people uh, really struggle with as well, which kind of goes into the delayed gratification side of bodybuilding. So in a cut, it's like, you know, you, you stay on plan today so that you can see the results from that a couple weeks down the road right? Um, in a best case scenario, um, in, in a growth phase, we're focusing on performance for most people, unless you're on like a really, really pretty aggressive cycle, you're just not going to see big changes over the course of even a six month growth phase. Like you'll, you'll notice that you're a little softer, but you're not necessarily going to see or feel the muscle gains because they're small, but you know, if it's two pounds, once you lean back out, those, you're going to see those two pounds. You're not going to see them when you're, you know, 16% body fat, but when you get down to six or seven, you're going to see them then. Um, so th that's the other thing is just the, the struggle with consistency. Like, okay, it's a time to be more relaxed. Cool. So I'm going to miss some workouts here. And then, so you're in the, uh, that's more of like off season rather than growth phase. So if we want to really dig into the semantics, yeah, those aren't exactly the same thing. Um, but off season is when we focus on growth. So I, I do tend to use them interchangeably. Um, but just a lack of focus is the big thing because you don't have the urgency of that ticking clock on the wall counting down towards the show. I mean, you do, but it's like, hey, it's 13 months away. I got time. I got eight months in this growth phase and then five months in prep. So whatever. The people that do really well are the people that approach their growth phase like every day of it is the last day that they have to do it. Um and that's the honest truth. And the thing is, that is so difficult to pull off. You've got to just lie to yourself or just really, really buy into the idea that like, yeah, it's delayed gratification. If you don't do this work and if you don't do it as hard and effectively as you possibly can, you're not going to see the results from it. And uh, so you can put in 70% of the work, but 70% of the work is going to get you about 10% of the results. The remaining 90% of those results come from the other 30% that you didn't do. So the closer you can get to 100%, the better. But it's just that lack of urgency is the thing that I think people are people tend to struggle with the most. Some people, they do struggle with eating more. Um, they struggle with the body image side of things, of being less lean. But that's fine. You need to be okay with that. You need practice being okay with that. And that, that's fair. Like, all of this stuff is temporary. When you're lean, that's temporary. When you're less lean, dare I say fatter, that's temporary as well. And the cool thing is, like, yeah, it takes some work, but we know how to do this. We know how to manipulate body fat. You know, we've done it before. We can do it again. So it's it's okay to let that fluctuate. That That's the, the real key thing here. So um, what other common challenges? Um, sometimes people just get a little too off track with stuff. Like they start missing too many gym days. Like during prep, they're a robot. And then suddenly I'm looking at everything on their tracking template that they give to me that, that details what they do in a week. And they just look like a different person once the off season happens. And again, that's understandable. That's the whole balance side of things. But if we're trying to have a productive growth phase, shouldn't look that different. You know, um, 
a lot of people will, you know, they'll go from being super, super on point with their macros every day, tracked or targets hit every day. And then suddenly it's like, well, I tracked two days this week. And even those weren't really on point. And I took four rest days this week. I didn't do any cardio. It's like, that is a very, very common off season experience. And at that point I would say like, yeah, we're not in a growth phase. We're in the off season. <laughs> so, um, the, so yeah, the challenge would be differentiating between off season and growth phase. Um, Again, I do use them interchangeably, but if you want to really dig in, there can be a difference there. So an off-season would be like, yeah, I'm not really doing anything very productive. <laughs> a growth phase would be like, I'm focused on my goal right now. So the the biggest uh, thing I would recommend there is have a growth phase, don't have an off-season. If we want to split hairs between the definition between those two, that's what I would say. Okay, and then to, to bring it all home, um, Grace asked in her, her final question here, what is some advice that I find myself giving the most often? Um, I assume this is advice regarding a growth phase, not like don't eat yellow snow or something like that. Although I don't give that advice often because I live in Tennessee, there isn't a lot of snow here. So, um, I mean, it's a lot of the stuff that's been repeated here. Like, I, I think what I would always encourage people to do is to take a step back and think about what is your big picture goal in terms of bodybuilding? Like how ambitious is that goal? So, um, for example, I, um, I'm, I'm, uh, I went through the, the J3U coaching course sometime back. This is John Jewett's thing. Excellent course, really good stuff. The first I wouldn't call it a certification, um, but the first program I've gone through that I felt was actually worth it. And it was very expensive, but it was 100% worth it. Um, and so I'm a member of their forums there. And so people post questions all the time. And this one one kid posted, and he's 19, and he was asking about PED use. And so, like, John chimed in, and he's like, dude, no, wait until you're 25. Like, that. That's the that's the earliest that he would recommend doing it. But this kid, he's like, well, you know, my goal, and he, he posted a picture and was like, my goal is to win multiple Olympias and blah, 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 blah. And like, you know, it, and, and the thing is like, I sigh and roll my eyes a little bit when I hear that, just because I hear that often. I hear that a lot before people have any idea, any earthly idea what is involved in that. If you're going to win multiple Olympia titles, first of all, you got to have the right genetics. All around, we've talked about that a whole bunch. You're, you, regardless of how hard you work, if you don't have the right genetics for it, it's game over before you even start. Um, but also, it has to be everything that you do 100% of the time, all the time, no exceptions. Be ready for that. And this kid's 19, he doesn't know what that means. Like, you, you don't know what it means to put 100% of yourself towards a singular goal every single day of your life with no exceptions. Like that is not something that most people, hardly anybody is prepared to do. So, but you've got to know what your goal is. And so if that's his goal, cool. He has stated it. He has thrown it out there into the universe. That is his goal. Cool. Um, the advice that I would give him is to make sure that his compliance in the off season lines up with that goal, which means you're a hundred percent on point every fucking day, no exceptions. You take a vacation, you meal prep on vacation. You don't take time off from the gym out unless it's programmed, unless you need it. Um, like that's gotta be your expectation. So now me, my goal, what is my goal? Big picture. 
I have a pretty realistic idea about my genetics, about my age, about my big picture potential. I think a really ambitious goal for me would be to get nationally qualified and get my ass kicked on a national stage. I think that's a pretty ambitious goal. Um, just getting nationally qualified, finishing top two in an open class is going to be tricky. Um, and by that, I mean, like, you know, the fact that if, having done a show, you qualify for Masters Nationals. It doesn't matter how you finish. I'm not talking about that. Um, even though Masters Nationals is the show I would compete at, I would not compete at that unless I was able to earn a qualification for any national show. Um, so big picture, like, that's that's my goal. So what does it take to do that? It's not too far removed from the guy who has the Olympia goals because at this point, I've been at it long enough. I know what my genetics are. I know what I can get away with. And the answer is not much. I can't get away with lackluster off seasons. They have to be really productive. So you've got to know what your goal is. You have to know what your potential is. You have to know what your genetic ceiling is. Um, and then you need to make sure that you don't undersell yourself, um, but also that your effort um, and consistency lines up with all of those other factors. That's the biggest thing. If you do that, all of the other things are going to fall into place. And the other advice that I give people is, train hard enough that you feel like you need the extra days off. If you're like, I'm really well recovered. I don't need a day off this week. You're not training hard enough, period. You should feel like you're beat the fuck up. I don't care if you're taking PEDs or not. That doesn't change anything. That can allow you to recover a little faster. It can allow your output to be a little bit higher. It also allows you to beat yourself up more. And so you still need the recovery time. You still do. So, um, and skipping rest days, um, and thinking that you don't need them is really a beginner mistake. And I always want people to advance beyond the stage of making beginner mistakes quickly in their training career, understand that they're beginner mistakes, understand what the elements are of a beginner's mindset, um, and try and divorce yourself from those quickly. Um, so yeah, if you don't feel like, and also don't lie, like if you don't feel like you need a rest day, don't, don't say otherwise, but also take it as that's a sign like, huh, maybe I'm not pushing my body enough. Maybe I'm not working hard enough. Again, hard enough being defined how we did earlier. Standardized form, progressive overload, sets, weights, reps. Don't let your form deteriorate. So um, I think that's about it, mostly because, um, I mean, that's the end of the questions. But also, as you can tell, I should have led with this. A little congested. This might be a little hard to listen to. Apologies. Um, and I'm kind of struggling a little bit. So it's also, you know, Taz is going to come down here in about five minutes and start looking at me because it's, it's almost 3 o'clock. That's when he expects his walk, so I should kind of get geared up for that. So anyway, um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, it's Friday now. It's almost 3. I'm going to try and post this today. It'll be available hopefully tonight. Um, so if you listen to this and you have some questions for Autumn for Monday, be quick about it, but hit me up. I'm going to repost um, uh, a question sticker on my Instagram story at Darren underscore star um, probably tonight, maybe one more time over the weekend just to try and get some um, last minute um, questions in for her from all y'all. Um, also, just, you know, email me or just hit me up on social media if you have questions. You know, you can always reach me, Darren, at fivestarfitness.com. You can also go through the website, fivestarphysique.com, click on contact and hit me there. So, um, or, you know, if you want to, um, 865-518-6569 is the call-in number. Leave a message there for me or for Autumn, either way. So, um, that's all I got. That's all I got. I will shut up and let you get on with your day now. So thank you all for listening. I appreciate it. Once again, this is 240. we will be with Autumn. We'll record that on Monday, post that next week. So in the meantime, stay safe, be good, and take care of yourself.